You're listening to The People's Pitch, the official podcast of Minneapolis City Soccer Club, brought to you by footballstadiumprints.com. Let's start the show. And as I talked about just a couple minutes ago, as Joe Watt stands over this one, he appears to be the one taking the penalty here. Uh, this is a huge confidence booster if you're a Duluth. Worst Mr. case scenario for here City for right more. here. And it's stopped! Yes. And it's stopped! Totally Matt Elder! <laughs> Matt Elder redeeming himself! Oliver with the right foot. The shot is oh, Oliver! And Justin Oliver! will break the scoreless tie. Then it is 1-0 Minneapolis City. It's Hutton now on the offense with the left foot. And oh, the goal! goal! It is now 2-0 Minneapolis oh, yes. City. Good finish. Nick Hutton taking his quick victory lap. Good day, soccer friends. This is the People's Pitch Podcast, the official podcast of your Minneapolis City Soccer Club. I am your host, John. With me, as always, is the voice of Minneapolis City Game Day, the Nate Morales. Nate, the soccer stove is heating up, and our our lackluster attempt to keep the show lights on during the offseason with whatever content we can figure out and whatever (laughs) cadence we can go on um, is being pushed aside as we're starting to turn all the lights on with topics to discuss, getting back to a regular coverage for everyone's favorite locally focused, support-driven uh, lower league soccer club. So how yeah. are you doing? Click, click. All the lights are getting turned on at, at good old Winter Park, but the heat's not getting turned on, which always <laughs> makes it fun. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know, like at least it's not it's not snowing inside, I guess. It's not snowing anywhere right now. So That's it's true. It's, is it snowing anywhere in the world? It's hard to uh, hard to imagine. Yeah, yeah. John, today we've got a little uh, city alumni news. We've got some a little kit reveal news. But the big news is that we're keeping our eyes on the future for this show, just like last show. We're Running gonna be joined. Team. Yeah. We're gonna be joined by Minneapolis City midfielder and the new Minneapolis City U19 coach, Scotty Heinen. I'm excited to dive into this to this one in particular. So let's get going. It's gonna be a good one. Well, we are way overdue in calling this out, Nate, but a couple weeks ago, a couple weeks back, there was a lot of buzz on social media coming from our cousins across the river. Uh, Minnesota United was well into their preseason efforts out west in Arizona, and our very own Luis Basanvi was an invitation to camp, which is exciting news in its own, right? Like, yep. like what a journey he has been on from being cut by that organization multiple times to playing with us. And really showing that like the the, the development of, of high level local talent might take a few swings for a professional club to kind of latch onto. But you know, we can get into that on a whole nother day. But the week has been given his opportunity with MC2, and now I mean that MC or uh, not MC2, um, excuse me, Minnesota United two. And I mean that roster is a mess in itself. There, I think mean, they have four guys that are on that roster right now um, as they're trying to formulate that that team. But anyways, he was invited to the camp to uh, to train with the big guys. And like I said, it's a huge development for his 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 professional um, soccer career. But it was also um, huge as you saw. Um, the there's been like a de investment. I don't even know if that's a word, but I'm making it up. It's a good one. A de investment in other local high level local soccer talent like i uh specifically the release of of emmanuel eway from from minnesota united um as an organization mm-hmm. um and, and and a host of other local products that um you know are have been let go 
but there seems to be a reinvestment. See how I did there? D and yeah, like uh, a reinvestment in in some of the talent. Like you look at Caden Clark coming back into the mix. You look at um, uh, what what's his name? Uh, the defender. Uh, I, I forget his name. Um, there's uh, Romanishan, the 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 defender that was called in from from the twos as well. That has local oh, ties. So Padelford. Uh, yeah, Paddle. Yeah, Padelford, Paddleford, whatever you want to call him. Um, so yeah, so there's there's been an in there's been a uh, returning over of the soil. It looks like I'll get into that in a second of younger local talent, which you should have already owned in the first place. But whatever, that is another thing. So uh, props to our guy of the week, though. The buzz was not like solely based on his just his call up into camp. It was based on what he did with his opportunity, and that is score goals. So you look at the weekend in itself uh himself uh we know he scores gold goals in the club's first preseason match versus montreal i believe it was montreal i didn't watch it i don't even know if it was televised um Luik did what he we know he does best he found the back of the net during a second half cameo appearance which ended up being the club's lone goal on the day in a 1-1 uh, a match that ended 1-1 so here's my discussion points nate we know that Luik does what Luik does well. Um, he finds ways to score. He scores, you know, he scores goals in volume. He scores big goals. Um, he, he, he's just constantly a, um, has a nose for it. And you need that in a team. With the washout of the old regime with that club, hmm. are we finally seeing they're at a stage in their club development, <laughs> the seventh year of a three-year plan, where youth, like Luik in particular, when they have the foundation of talent um, getting elevated and will they be given an actual chance to showcase to help the club or is this the same old smoke and mirror play to make people excited about local talent to think that the club is actually going to develop and utilize its younger talented yet less experienced players to help them win games or even just elevate their profile to, to use them as a selling point for profit. It is Minnesota United, Nate. And this year, I'm, I'm taking the gloves off with them, by the way. Okay. I, I can't I, believe I, you hadn't in the past. I, I yeah, I know. I, Usually I I'm be, the one that's a little more, a little more light on the criticism. I should be commended because, uh, you know, in all honesty, it is a shit show over there. It's bad. You it's should bad. be commended. You are, you've been exhibiting the utmost in restraint. I know, I know. So I, it's done. I'm done with it now, and and I hope it it will it will trend up in the right direction. But if it doesn't, I'm not going to hold back anymore. Um. So my last question, Nate, is Min, uh, is Minnesota United finally going to be doing something right for a change with young talent? Okay. So the, I think your question has a few points, or a few few parts. The first is you're 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 asking right, like, is this club finally at a spot? where they can use youth talent, locally developed talent as the foundation of like an MNUFC two squad and event and, and finally be able to elevate them, you know, homegrown players into the first team. Um, and I think that you got to You got to hope that they're at least thinking about that because like you said, they kind of cut ties with most of that Minnesota United two squad. Did you see there? I, I sent it to you that Instagram post where they did the schedule reveal and it's like, there four are guys four guys in a room and two of them are Minneapolis city players. <laughs> and yeah. it's, it is 
what they failed to mention is that is pretty much the entirety of the of the MNUFC two team right now. But um, yeah, there's. I think that I hope that just like you that this is this is the start of something where they're gonna they're gonna start to give local guys a little bit more of a little bit more of a look. The problem is, as you know and I know, is that they just don't have the youth like structure. Well, they do have the youth structure. That's that's the thing. Like, they yeah, have, but look, like, look at yeah, but I mean, this is the thing. They're not pulling those guys up. But but like, so that's where we go to the shame on them situation. Like they have like like you've talked about like the formula, the script, whatever. It's out there. Other clubs are doing it. Why aren't we doing it? We've talked about it at length. But like they have the setup. It just is that there was no investment in the setup. Like yeah. we know from our knowledge with folks tied to the tied to uh, to the the academy setup that have come over or were were you know we were friendly with them they told us like over the course of four seasons the budget was a million dollars and it never grew like how in what business do you not grow even if you're not turning a profit to try to invest in making a profit which is selling players or you know like selling players right mm-hmm. um, like they they have it like the infrastructure is there they just don't give a shit about it Maybe. And now they're like, hey, guess what? We probably should give a shit about this. Yeah. I mean, I think in the short term, you're what you what we might have seen or what we're seeing in preseason is you've got the head coach, the interim head coach, coached Loic, coached Rory, coached these guys, coached Devin. Right. So, like, why not give him a look in preseason? Why not? He knows what they need to do to develop. Why not help that out? So that's that's good in the short term. But I think in the long term, what you're asking is like, is this new regime you're you're hoping, you're positing. Like this new regime could be, could be starting the, the transformation of this club to one that is actually going to develop younger, talented players, and mm-hmm. elevate their profile and sell them for, for sell them for profit. And you'd hope so. That's the model, right? You'd hope that they will be doing that. And I think that this new guy, with his experience at New York City, city the city group. FC, yeah, the city group, like he's he's got to be familiar with the formula and it's not like it's a, it's not a secret sauce john like it's out there you look at what dallas it's has been, been done for, for hundreds of years across you, the globe well even and, and i'm just saying within the mls right where it's like how do you how do you which had been a retirement league as they say right it's like how do you how do you focus on youth and it's like dallas showed you how to do it kc showed you how to do it new york city showed you how to do it miami even a little bit when you think about um that kid they drafted that they are trying to send send to england right it's mm-hmm. proven that Europe can want what a mess that was. MLS players, oh. I know. As MLS as it gets, the person didn't hit send; they hit save on the on the fucking paperwork. <laughs> oh, that is his classic. But um, I think when you think about like when you look at the players just in New York that developed, when you look like Joe Scally, right? Yep. Uh, really successful abroad, or at KC, you're thinking about like uh, Gianluca Busio right in Italy and some of these other players that they've sent Dallas has sent a number of play, all these, all these guys that Dallas has Philadelphia. sent Yep. Philadelphia, right. All these guys that they have developed and sent overseas, like that approach, I think to me does wonders for first of all, the club. And it makes you feel like that's a club. That's an MLS club that at least gets it. Even if they're on field, even if, even if everyone makes the playoffs and whatever, like at least like, Oh, they're, this is a team that cares about soccer, but it also does wonders for like the, this clumsy 
major league soccer narrative that the best players from the United States start here. It's like, yeah, okay, cool. Well, your European teams are buying. So I would love it if Minnesota United gets on board with that and really does and really is investing in a revamp of its of its developmental commitments. But, but here's we'll a, see. here's a we'll see. Here's a follow-up question. As a Minnesota a Minnesota United supporter, not you in particular, but the the royal you, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> y'all, are you okay with the club maybe transforming into a build build and sell club, but not Dude. win, but not win championships? I, you know what? It's like we're not winning. <laughs> we're not we're not winning championships, right? You know, say, I think I think we what people are hungry for. We say we were contenders, but we're in this model of elevating young talent, selling it for profit and reinvesting in young talent and making, making that our business. And then like every now and then maybe we contend for a title, but we don't win it. Why not both look at Cincinnati. But my, my question is maybe we don't get it. <laughs> yeah. We don't I, win one. And but I think that's, I think, I think okay if you're a Minnesota fan, you're okay with not winning a championship, just like a blanket statement across, yeah, across all that, sports. That's, yeah, that's pretty much uh, part and parcel here in Minnesota. But but I think what people are hungry for is, and I well, I should say I know, just from talking to other season ticket holders, talking to other fans, people are hungry for like just some semblance Progress. of a, a direction out of this team. Like yeah. what is the philosophy? What are we trying to do? Because that that was the entire last season. It's just like, what are we doing? You're bringing you're bringing Grey Goose back. Cool. Oh, you cut him. You're bring, you know like you're bringing all these players in, and it's like, wow, you signed Timo Puki, and it's it's like, but then why? Like you don't. Reynoso doesn't show up, and he just jumps right into the right into the roster, and people like people were the the problem is is that people were excited about that. People let that slide so so oh easily God, because we were so desperate for something to happen on field i can tell you this in my day job if i don't show up for three weeks after my my job starts uh, there is no massive social media campaign celebrating the fact that I, I showed up yeah so i think what i'm saying john is like if if the if the focus goes in the next couple of years and maybe it probably won't because that's not great marketing but if the focus goes to hey look at we've got we've got the hottest young talent from the area and we're going to put them on the field and you get to see guys like Loic grow up and score goals. You get to see guys like Caden Clark, uh, you know, show up and, and, and show out. That's, I, I feel like that is at least something for people, for fans to get behind. And rather than like cheering for Will Trapp to get another oh. yellow card within the first 15 minutes, like, you know, I'd rather, I'd rather, I'd rather cheer for a team that I'm invested in in that way. And they, and yeah, they probably lose than, than cheering for a team that like, I don't, we're spending a bunch of money and we're not winning anyway. So I don't well, even Nate, know what we're trying to do. What you're asking for is, wouldn't it be cool if Minnesota had a soccer team that consistently focuses on young talent and giving them a platform to succeed at that level or move them on to a higher level. Weird. So you, can you can follow them and get excited about the individual player and not just the owner, owner ownership or front office of a large sports organization. That is a weird concept that I don't think anyone is doing right now. Yeah, let's put a pin on that and we'll probably come back to, to that uh, topic later in the show.
Yeah, yeah, that's weird. That is weird. I, w- I, I really wish someone figured it out. John, in uh, in other news that you could see coming from light years away, Minneapolis City revealed its new 2024 away kit last week. They're calling it the, we're calling it the Friends of the Feather kit. It was one of five, I think, maybe four, I think five kits that the members voted on late last year. And uh, the Friends of the Feather kit, it's a nice sleek black kit that's covered in this pattern of, of pink feathers. And... Um, you know, I say you can see this coming because the kit matches up with the winning scarf design that was our that had already been voted on and announced. So, you know, once you see the kits that are offered up and how they pretty much match the scarves, like they were all obviously designed in tandem. I was kind of I was a little bummed because that vote felt like a foregone conclusion. There were yeah, I would say yeah. I would say two, maybe three other options that I would have liked to see instead. Like just the retro looking Lakers kit comes to mind. I think that cool vertical multi-stripe option that was a little bit, uh, I don't know, kind of Crystal Palacey, you know, on the black with the with the cool like paint, the pa- almost like a yeah, like a paint the paint swatches, swipe. like yeah. that would be sweet. I, I guess my question is like, what are your thoughts on the vote and on the winner? Well, I am I'm here for it. Honestly, I like it. Uh, oh yeah, I don't hate the kid or anything. I'm just saying. I I hear you though. I really like the the toss back. Minneapolis City Lakers option that didn't win. But as you know, and everyone around the club knows, um, we tend to surprise people and bring back, not, uh, we'll call them in air quotes, non-winning designs for cup competitions or just to make them because they're cool. So yeah. there might be some that that, that pop up. Um, you know, maybe we get back to, you know, maybe some futures uh, kits now that we have two teams and maybe the futures team in the future rolls out a, another option that came in second or third or something like that. But anyways, I, yeah, I, 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 I like it. Um, as far as the selection goes, it's different. I, I mean, you mentioned it coincides with the winning scarf design, but I say this is different because if you look at the landscape of, of kits across the globe, um, the color palette, the feathers, the pink accents around the cuff and cuffing, um, it, it's all unique, right? Like you don't yeah. see, you don't see a team rolling out like that. I mean, maybe some of the stuff that Ford Madison is doing with like the flamingo, uh, like animal accents to their jerseys and things like that. But then yeah, again, that's like psychedelic shit. Yeah. Yeah. Like again, again, they're trying new things and you haven't seen some of that stuff before either. Um, I like when they added the QR code into their Jersey that um, you could scan it and then you could buy someone a beer um you know that uh another person who uh, uh who bought a ticket to the game you could scan you could scan a player's jersey or a replica jersey and then you could like select a seat number and like buy them a beer uh if they were of age like shit like that is super cool right so um <clears throat> wait what say that again you could scan a qr code on like say a player got close to to you on the sidelines you could yeah. you could whip your phone out you could scan. Remember, I said phone. <laughs> yeah, like if they're if if you're like if they're doing a throw in or something right in front of you. Yeah, or warming up, mm-hmm. um, and running by, running by, or standing and stretching, or uh, substitutions going in. You yeah, could, so you could whip it out. You could you could whip it out. <laughs> um, you can go to jail. Um, no, you you could uh, you could pull your phone out. You could you could you could scan the QR code, and then you could select someone of age uh, in a different seat or uh, another season ticket holder that you know, and you could you could buy them a beer and then they could go to the the the, the beer hall area and, and pick up their beer um, John, this is can... a you know we're advertisers we're marketers so i'm gonna geek out on this there was a 
a winning concept. Uh, I think Corona did it. That was called like Jersey pay. I'm not sure if it actually worked, if it was real, because I know some of these things that go, that go to con or can, or however you want to say it are kind of like sometimes a little fluffed up, but like you're the like person that came, the the beer person that came around could like scan the patch, like the crest on your kit. And then mm-hmm. that would be your wallet. Like that would be cool too. We sh- There's tons of stuff, sweet shit you can do. Yeah. Anyway. But what, what I'm getting at is like, they're trying their own things and we're, we obviously have always been trying our own things and, and hitting on like 99% of them. Yeah. Um, so I think that this, this shirt's going to look really sharp. I think like from a, from a photography perspective, I, I you got to believe that like Dan Mick is geeking out on the, the photos he's going to take this summer yeah. uh, with the, with those jerseys. But I'm just a little, here's my only disappointment. The only disappointment is that us as a club did not somehow tie this kit into former major league <laughs> baseball pitcher, Randy Johnson, because the design looks like what the aftermath was when like about a decade ago, he hit a bird with a pitch in a preseason game at like 97 miles an hour and just fucking exploded it. And there were like feathers and blood everywhere. The exploding and, and, pigeon kit. Yeah. I mean like that is, I mean it, that in itself is, is, is a horrible thing to have happen, but it's like, that is a once in a lifetime situation to ever have happen that a bird is going to fly at the exact second a baseball pitcher is going to throw a pitch and explode right in front of a catcher. But like that, I think we could have maybe capitalized on, on tying that in somehow. John, I'm going to make you feel old. Okay. That was in 2001. Uh, yeah. I mean, Hey, <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I'll, I'll add an S to our notes here. Decades ago. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Regardless, the... <laughs> did you have seen the kit launch though, with like that pitch flying in, and then like the catchers wearing the jersey? What an yeah, what an animation that would be sweet. Like like it had blown back onto his jersey. Like that would have been yeah. cool. Anyways, um, we don't have we don't have the uh, the marketing budgets that some folks in this area do from a sports perspective. So we did if the best anyone, we could. If anyone knows Randy Johnson, give us a call. Maybe he'll so, make an appearance. Maybe he'll make a okay. halftime appearance. Okay, I, I won't keep belaboring this, but I will <laughs> let everyone in on our weekly commercial calls that we have. Um, and like with the club and commercial is everything from merchandise to uh, what we do here on the podcast, game day, that kind of stuff. Um, we did talk about um, trying to get Randy Johnson uh, on cameo to do something um, when we very early on. And then it literally was a task in our project management software for me to go find other celebrities that have bird connections. Um, and I'm still doing the research. So maybe something does come out like that. We haven't, it hasn't given legs, but we tried folks, but we didn't, we didn't succeed. Well, we can, we can always hold out hope. Yeah. yeah. Along with the uh, reveal of that, of the new kit, John, though, came the reveal of our new kit sponsor, which I'm also yeah. excited about. It's our new beer sponsor in Shell's Brewery. Most people might know Shell's as the people that make Grain Belt, Grain Belt Premium. Greenbelt Northeast, but I'd say, you know, there's seasonal offerings like snowstorm yeah, are real good. sneaky, good options. Flying under, Oktoberfest is good too. Yeah. They fly under most people's radar. The, the shells Oktoberfest event is Not, awesome. I've gone to it multiple years. I, 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 I've been going camping every, every early, uh, late September with like a couple buddies 
to New Ulm and we we camp and then on that Saturday we go to the Oktoberfest. Yeah. Um, so it's it's a great event. It's the biggest one I believe in Minnesota. Um, oh. That that's out there. Uh, but yeah, like that too. Yeah. I mean, I love a good beer sponsorship. So I'm really happy to have a legacy brewery like like Shells on board. This is this this is good. And it sounds like they're real nice people. Yeah, uh, yeah. From I, I haven't had any involvement in that in in that relationship, but uh, from what I hear, they're one. Of, I think I believe it's their vice president is a now a Minneapolis season season ticket holder and it brings his family, and and is really bought into what we do. And so we're super pleased to have them in the stable of of uh, of connected brands with ours. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I you know I I had proposed like you know why are we not getting into the seltzer space but and then everyone looked at me like I was a dumb idiot so um, anyways super happy to have shells though yeah two weeks ago we broke news on this here show about the shakeup in the leadership of the futures program with newly minted coach Josh Roy uh, joining us and talking about his takeover from Jeremiah Johnson on the bench from what we're calling now is the U21 squad in the top division of the UPSL. But that is not all, folks. This week, the club announced with that with the creation of a U19 group set to charge into the UPSL's second division. This summer, we have brought on another new face to the impressive Crow coaching roster. And that gentleman is with us tonight. Uh, at a member of the murder already on the playing side and the, and the second in charge for the men's program at Gustavus. Scott, Scotty Heinen will be taking over the head coaching duties for the U19s this summer, and we are pleased to welcome him on this inaugural appearance on the People's Pitch. Scotty, welcome to the show, man. Wow, that's a pretty good intro. I don't, I don't know if I can do anything to top that. We'll see. You know, You've got like nine months to figure it out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> next, next time you come on, we'll do like the embarrassment of like finding out like all of like your and things going back to like grade school soccer and then you you have to sit there and listen to it and you're like this sounds impressive but also quite embarrassing <laughs> i don't know it sounds like a good trip down memory lane it definitely is it definitely is so scotty many folks that for whatever reason spend their free time listening to this show know you already from your stops with the uh, i'll call it excitingly historic undefeated upsl mc2 squad a few years ago, uh, what a wild ride that summer was. And most recently your stop uh, with the first team bunch in the USL too. But why don't you give the listeners um, and members of the club uh, a little bit more about you? Tell us your background, where you're from, your, you know, your soccer journey playing, and now you're shifting the, co the coaching ranks. Yeah. So um, I grew up in Aurora, Illinois, um, down over in Chicago suburbs and through kind of a weird process, made it to Gustavus and kind of worked my way through the ranks. Um, you know, played a bit here and there, made a, made a bit of my name for myself and then started to move towards um, City and, and getting involved in the mix there. Um, then after City, my, my next kind of big playing was, was over in Germany. I played semi-professional with a couple clubs over there and in some of the lower divisions, but had a great time being able to travel and experience the game and, and the culture around that in Europe. And um, pretty recently received an invitation to join the, the Gustavus coaching staff. And it was one that, um, that I, I couldn't, I couldn't decline and kind of with that coming back to Minnesota and being able to rejoin with, with the Crows and, and now here, looking at a, a future of a U19 summer. 
Nice. So in the article that was pushed out by the club this week, you talked a little bit about your full intro to the club being kind of an interesting one, basically like finally giving into the Matt Gibson peer pressure to come along for like some, some killer open soccer. I can only imagine what that conversation was like. Um, but correct me if I'm wrong. Was that the COVID year when we did the 77 league? Yep. That was, that was exactly that. Man. Yeah. I, my, my mind's still sharp in my, my, soon to be old age here um so was that the first that you've heard about the club and uh if if so awesome if not like what did you really know about us from before you 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 joined up and and got in a sketchy van with matt gibbons (laughs) (laughs) well uh so uh charlie adams was my assistant coach my my first year at gustavus and second year actually he was he was with us for a bit and uh I, so I knew he played for this club in Minneapolis that was in, in the lower league setup. And I wasn't, you know, wasn't really familiar with it. Um, and then, I don't know, I'm a guy that loves soccer. So Gibby was like, hey, I'm, you know, playing in this league and uh, my, my team needs an extra guy. You want to come? I was like, oh, absolutely. Um, when is it? Oh, uh, 10 p.m. On a, on a random Thursday or something. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, great. So that was my next couple of weeks eating dinner at med midnight, getting back from the hour drive in St. Peter. And, um, it was funny, but honestly it was like, I went the first time and, uh, I remember Jonah was calling me the wrong name, but I still had an absolute blast. And, and so I just kept coming back. You were driving up from St. Peter for that with Gibby. That's crazy. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And I believe your team won, right? Won yep. the whole thing. Yeah. Yep. I, forget what the na- I forget what the Yellow names team. were named. Nate, what were the names? They were all like about like Minnesota music musicians. Or Did something. you have? I forget what I forget what those were. But well, anyway, I'm not sure, well, what our team name was? We we just called ourselves Yellow Team, and we're proud of it. So well, and uh, that worked. You guys won. <laughs> <laughs> I've so never seen know? Steve so mad than I did in that seven v seven league. Oh yeah, I had to play. I had to play two weeks of it, and I that was when I realized like no longer am I playing competitive soccer. Like, <laughs> that it was, was it. Like, it was, it was too quick for me. Like I, I, I'm not, I'm not fit enough to play that. I played like eight minutes each game, and I was like, I am, I am the liability here because I, I couldn't make my decisions fast enough because everyone got on me so quick, and I was like, I, I can't do this. I'm, I'm, I'm tarnishing my reputation. <laughs> um, so, anyways, enough about me. <laughs> you move on from essentially your trial period with the club to getting a full roster invite with with MC2 for, like I said, that magical undefeated season. Um, that led to winning multiple trophies. So great first season with the club. And then a trip to the final 16 in the national tournament. Tell us a little bit about that experience with MC2 and and, and playing under Coach Bronte. Um, yeah, that, that was honestly a lot of fun. It was kind of the makeup was a lot of uh, other uh, Mayak guys and, and guys playing in the area. Obviously a few here and there, but um, it was fun to kind of have a, a – I don't know. I'd say we had a solid group of 10 and then a mixture of guys that were either would play with us, score a bunch of goals and then get brought up to the first team or just kind of come here and there. Um, a little bit unorganized, but I, I don't know. Pronti <laughs> set us up well every game and, and we honestly had a blast. And, and those that were there week in and week out were, um, were big fans. MC2 was a blast. I mean, the, the, 
the final home game of the MC2 era with the, the penalty kick shootout win over the, I believe it was the Iowa Raptors. Yeah. For me, was is like one of the defining moments in the club. I mean, it's like yeah. one of those like memories yeah. you make um, or we make collectively as players and staff and fans together that it's like you don't forget that. Yeah, it so, was it was amazing. Yeah, so much fun. So you mentioned – uh, uh, something that I was going to bring up here before I, I kick it over and let Nate ask some some real questions. Um, <laughs> you you mentioned that you uh, you left us after the season um, after that MC two season um, for another peer pressure job uh, mission with Matt Gibbons and you headed over to my old stopping grounds uh, for opportunities in Germany. Tell us a little bit more about like the clubs that you played for and like the level and like what what that experience really was like abroad and maybe what you took away from it after you uh, after you left. Yeah, I think I actually might have peer pressured Gibby into that one, but so <laughs> we we might be even there. But um, yeah, no, one of our buddies at Gustavus is was from Germany, and um, he was his parents were nice enough to kind of help us in the initial period, and his dad was connected with a few clubs, so he got us involved, and and we just started playing wherever we could get, and um, we started our first our first season with this club called the uh, SV Germania Eisenscheid. Oh, wow. Over in the Western part of Germany. Um, and then spent half a season there and then had the opportunity to move up. So we kept climbing and played with a team called the uh, Brynish, SV Brynish. Um, a bit higher level and, and we both had our struggles, but you know, games here and there and, and trips to trips to Rome, trip to trips to Barcelona. Definitely what? a couple gaps. Um, oh, nice. nice. So we definitely enjoyed our time and enjoyed our soccer. So is it true that Matt Gibbons, and this again is not about me or Matt Gibbons, it's about you. I promise we'll get there. Um, is it true <laughs> that, he, that he, didn't he play like semi-professional basketball while he was there? Yeah, actually one of our team, our teammates was, a, <laughs> was playing on like a fourth division basketball league and you know, Gibby played in mini haha with guys that are in the NBA now. So he, he came in and was one of the best players there. That's cool. That's I saw that those guys came that one of those guys came back to Mini Haha Academy recently. Anyway, um how long did it take you to learn how to pronounce the team you played for? A long time. <laughs> yeah, it was a while. I I might have even said it wrong again. I hope nobody's listening. There was like a similar word in both of them. Was that the region that you were in or the city? Yeah, so SVAU is I, I say SVAU because I actually can't pronounce the the foul part of it, but it's it's Sportverein, oh, which basically means uh, sport club. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, All right. that's the best I got. <laughs> Scotty, there's a you might know there's a Stevie Wonder song that we play every home game after games, living for the city, and uh, I think between futures training every week. Eventually, you'll have to select and coach the U19s. Couple that with joining training sessions yourself in order to secure a roster spot on the USL2 team. I really, I can't think of a guy that's that's ever been living for the city more than you this year, man. How uh, <laughs> how are you juggling all this on top of your day job at Gustavus, where I'm sure you're traveling to showcases? I know you were just at one this last weekend. There's probably more to come, um, you know, and and rec- doing the recruiting thing. Uh, yeah, I mean, so first of all, a lot of that U19 group is involved with guys we know, 
um, a mixture of, you know, guys were recruiting, guys were taking a look at. Um, so that helps. Yep. Yeah. It's cool to kind of double dip a little bit there, but, um, but also like the people we're playing against um, in terms of what the group might be, you never know who's around and, and the more you connect yourself in the Minneapolis soccer scene, you know, the, the more coaches you meet, the more, you know, who knows, there's always some connection somewhere. And then um, in terms of recruiting, honestly, summer is a, is a bit of an off period for us. And, and, you know, most of these clubs, these high school age clubs are, are not playing and looking for other opportunities like the UPSL to, to go get more minutes in. So it, it's honestly um, one of those where it's beneficial both ways. Oh, that makes sense. Are you going to, how much, I mean, so the, the recruiting thing is kind of covered off on, but really you are going to be doing a lot of, you're going to be living at Minneapolis city, uh, you know, across hopefully both teams. That's pretty, that's gotta be, that's gotta be an exciting way to spend your summer. With, yeah. Especially with the excited. guys like John and, and others that you've gotten to know so well. <laughs> exactly. No, uh, I'm super excited. I mean, I've, I've loved soccer and, and have since I can remember. So until that fades away, I'll, I'll be inserting myself in, in whatever, whatever city thing I can. Nice. Uh, as someone that has played for what was at the time, the, I guess the younger team in the U20, in the U23 team, what did you learn from that summer uh, that you can impart on these U19s as they look to establish themselves as, as players in the organization and they begin to climb the ladder, hopefully all to the, to the USL two team one day. Yeah. Uh, that's a great question. I love that. Um, I think it's a bit of a forfeit yourself to the program. Um, I know one thing, you know, I always had high aspirations to, to do whatever, um, and being on the second team, it was tough sometimes to look on the other side of the curtain in, in Champions Hall and, and not be with the first team group. But um, essentially what made our our second team group so together was that we, we bought into each other rather than the prospect of being somewhere else. Um, so, I mean, there's there obviously be opportunities up with, with the U21 team and, and obviously hopefully U21 guys going up to the first team. So if we can keep building that ladder, that's great. But also you got to know as a player, you got to commit yourself to, to what you're at at the moment. Yeah. Live in the now. Exactly. Exactly. On top of maybe this, maybe that's the answer to this next question, but I'm just wondering kind of on top of those ever present Minneapolis city philosophical pillars, like no assholes and, uh, and we're here to win. Is there, is there a mantra? Are there any additional philosophies? I guess I, I should, I should ask that you might bring to the U19 squad that are going to be, that might be unique across the three teams. Um, I got to I got to bring one from Gustavus. It's one I've uh, tutor taught me when I was one of his players in 18 and I, I've kept as kind of one of my mantras for my life, but we call it above the line. And essentially what it is, is, is there's a line and every event has some sort of reaction. So if you're, if your reaction is below the line, you're typically bringing up something negative and unhelpful. Um, but if you can challenge yourself to, to make every reaction above the line, you're essentially making yourself better, making every moment better, making your teammates better, the environment better, all of that. Yeah, I love it. I mean, it almost, it's a, a clearer 
way to talk about that, you know, no assholes yep. policy, yeah, yeah. right? It's like, it's not just, you know, you can, you can be competitive on, on the field and you can, um, you know, you can go at guys as hard as you can, but once you come off, you know, make sure you're contributing positively to the culture and to the team. Yeah, exactly. I, I personally, I love the no asshole policy. I think, um, the, the above the line gives you a little bit of wiggle room too, when you need to be direct and, and, and a little bit real with some guys sometimes too. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You can be a dick sometimes, but you can't be an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just look at the, just look at, look at our, our friends, the Oliver twins. Oh my God. <laughs> like, like they, they, they walk that line probably as razor thin as you can get it. They live the line. They live the line. <laughs> but, but like, they're the people that if you're going to go to battle, you kind of want them on your side. Um, yeah absolutely you know? yeah and, but they're and they're gonna tell you what tell you how real it is and as soon as the whistle blows they're gonna be like all right let's be friends again you know so uh, i i fully i fully believe you uh, and, and i agree with you and i'm gonna use the above the line thing and below the line thing in my day job so thank you for that yeah <laughs> uh john and i covered it all summer with crows in college but when you look around there are city players and city staff coaching all over the place, especially in the Mayak. What what is it, Scotty, about Minneapolis City that either a attracts players that have what it takes to be good coaches one day, or b maybe incubates a passion for coaching and gives them an idea of the right approach so they can kind of go on to be coaches themselves? I I gotta say it's completely the culture, like between MVB and and adam and and john and and pronti when when he was coaching us at mt2 mc2 and carl everybody around like it's it's totally uh you love the game and we're here to improve but also a bit of a recognition that there's a whole bunch of stuff going on in, in all of our lives so um to kind of forfeit that and give it to city for whatever time you're there is is part of the realization that um, you're giving up something for something you truly care about and something that you want to make better. And I think that's pushed so many people to, to continue this, whatever soccer journey and whatever sense it is for each individual to, to keep pushing in, in the best way they can. You'll, you say that now until you have to do the, the team's laundry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hold on, hold on. That wasn't in my contract. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Yeah, you know, like, hey, I mean, we've all done it. I'm just saying, it's it's a real humbling experience when you have to pull a bunch of guys' dirty laundry out of a out of a wet bag so that they're nice and crisp, so they feel they look good and feel good, and, you know, for the next game. Play good. Look good. That's the that's the Jonah Garcia mantra. Look good, feel good. Yep. Uh, <laughs> yuck, Scotty, you. I guess you are stepping into a job that is new programming for the club and it's and i'll tell you why you're dealing with high lots of high school kids nobody really i mean there was a time when we had two high school kids steve and will kid you know <laughs> and then it's kind of they've grown and and you know it's kind of funny you can integrate them a little easier when you've got a bunch of uh adults that can that can show them the ropes and haze them a little bit i'm, I'm just kidding they don't we don't get hazed but just like now you've got a lot of high school age kids what do you need to approach differently this spring and summer from, you know, usually what you do 
in the college season and uh and how do you make sure they they, these kids are going to grow and develop as best as possible for for where they're at i i think the structure of the club is is very integral to kind of answer this question um i mean with with how we run from from top to bottom it's it's totally a professional setting in terms of you know unprofessional people but in a professional setting we, we take ourselves seriously and it's you know it we expect you to come here and do your part listen um give your best effort and if you don't want to a good chance there's there's another high school kid that will so yeah um it's it's a little bit you know drown or swim but at some point it's gotta be so i'm i'm full on board on that and you know i'll, I'll help kids along the way but as, as soon as i see someone that i feel doesn't want to be there like we'll find the next guy so scotty last question last question for you if current or, or future futures players that's kind of hard to say future futures players um, 16 to 18 or their parents are listening right now. What is your elevator speech about the, the benefits of the new club endeavor for, for kids development? We'll call them kids still. Um, and, and what, what can the fans expect from not Scotty, the player, but Scotty, the manager this summer? Um, the pathway forward. Um, there's, there's always up with this U19 group in terms of the 21s. I very much think of this job as the, be a home for players, but, um, at, at the end of the day, a ladder towards the next step. Um, a big part of uh, this UPSL league will also be these kids playing against, you know, mid twenties, later twenties year old guys who have, have fully understood how they can play the game and what their strengths are and, and aren't going to be wasting energy and, and touches cleaner and, and all this kind of extra stuff you learn with, you know, six, seven, eight years on hand. Um, and in, in terms of what my managerial style looks like, um, yeah, it's it's kind of, if you can kind of pick up on, on what I've said through through a bit of this call, it's, it's a lot of self-responsibility where you're going to have to buy into this group. Um, we're going to, you know, we're going to want to build with the ball and, and take risks and, be kind of a, a classy possession team, but also be aware that we got to go win the game sometimes. So not be afraid to be a little bit direct, but also know that, you know, there's a bit of a style to this game and, and you can, you can play with a bit of a style and, and a little bit of a swagger that allows you to, to do what you want to do and, and make kind of nicer goals and, and get to get to better shapes and whatnot and ultimately prepare them for the next level, push them to, to play at the next level, regardless of whether it's U21 at cities or college or, or overseas or wherever they want to be. It's, it's pushing them further. I, I like how you put it, Scotty, with, um, you know, calling them 20, 26, 28 year olds that are, that are more mature in their game. I believe, what did I call it when I had, I led the session a few weeks ago, this won't work against grow, playing against grown ass men this summer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and hopefully they and you know what some kids came back for came back after that session so i didn't discourage anyone but uh, <laughs> I, I i think that uh, a healthy mix of the way you said it and maybe a little bit of the way i said it i think is perfect yeah i mean the college game is changing too if, if you look at the d1 landscape um guy like transfers are coming in that are 
that are mid twenties. So it's it's a skill that what? you need to learn to have. If you, yeah, yeah, yeah it's, mid, it's mid twenties with an accent, and they've been playing. They played pro somewhere like for four years of their life already. Jeez, it's yeah, it's it's different, but it's you know if if we're gonna if we're gonna compete with the Portuguese guy that's twenty five, you get you gotta learn how to play with them early. Yeah, I mean that's man. You gotta you gotta make sure the guys can communicate that too as they're talking to coaches, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I think it should be a, a big strength of theirs in in terms of their college search. Wow. Well, Scotty, man, this has been this has been a great a great chat. I think you know you're just you sound like you're absolutely the the right the right man at the right time in the right job at Minneapolis City. Um, very very happy to have you back with the club in a coaching uh in the co- coaching standpoint but hopefully hopefully we'll see you out on the field this summer as well gonna be gonna be a lot of scotty heinen uh <laughs> on the, either on the touchline or 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 on the on the pitch so that would be that would be really cool um thanks for spending the time again with us and uh good luck you've got your got your work cut out for you with these with these 16 to 18 year old kids man <laughs> Yeah, I don't, think, I don't think they're short on swagger. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I'm excited for the challenge. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, thanks a lot, Scotty. We'll see you, yeah. see you in a week yep. of training. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Yep. All right, see ya. All right, bye. That'll do it for this week's show. Thank you to our wonderful show sponsor, footballstadiumprints.com. Our friends at footballstadiumprints.com are always expanding their soccer-focused T-shirt designs, their prints, and more. Don't forget to use the code CROWS10 for 10% off everything you purchase. And all U.S. orders are shipping right here from the States, so there's no international shipping charges. Did I tell you I got the uh, couple new shirts? I got the Ibsen shirt. Yeah, I did hear that. Yeah, yeah, and the Jesus Save shirt. I love it. As yeah. a reminder, Minneapolis City is a 501c3, so you can feel good that your membership doubles as a charitable donation to a club that does good as well. Memberships for the 2024 season are on sale. Make sure you cement your seat in the stands and get some sweet swag all for a price that I think just destroys other clubs price of entry. Head to minneapoliscity.com, mplscitysc.com and get yours today. And remember, you can always find us on Twitter X at the people's pitch. And you can even email us if you have any questions or topics you want covered. Uh, covered on the show at mcscpodcast at gmail.com. And of course, you can also connect with the club itself at mplscitysc. That is all for this week. I'm Nate. That was Scotty Heinen. And of course, John, we will be back with more in the coming weeks, talking to more folks who are spending the offseason, getting the club ready to compete at all levels this summer. And... Got hooked. Yeah.